0: Welcome to the Casey City Church Audio Podcast. We pray you enjoy this following sermon. Amen. Hallelujah. Happy 2021, Casey City Church. How's everybody doing? Hallelujah. So good to be back amongst you. I just want to, first things first, I just want to thank everybody. I went through a rough patch health-wise at the end of last year. Even the start of this year was difficult. I just really want to thank you. I want to thank you for all of the messages of just encouragement support. I just want to thank you for those times where you prayed for me. I genuinely thank you. I really appreciate it. I want to let you know I feel so good. I feel so good. Recovery is a good thing. And sometimes we take feeling good for granted. I feel very thankful overwhelmed with thankfulness at the way i'm feeling so i want to thank you I really appreciate it we are a body and i, I thank you for that support if i didn't respond to all of your messages it's just because there were too many of them so so you'll, you'll pardon me and and there's so many platforms i oh, was you get the whatsapp you get the messenger you get the. i mean it just goes on and on and on yeah absolutely send me a telegram please absolutely Send me a note by wire. I think that was a song. If you refuse me, honey, you'll lose me. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, then I'll be left alone. No, I will never be left alone. Amen. Amen. We're never alone. Well, it felt like as I was preparing that, Pastor, the Lord gave me a word for Pastor Larry and for Krista, and um, I always. You know, when the Lord gives you a word for somebody, sometimes it's for prayer and sometimes it's to share. And when I asked, is it for prayer or is it to share? And he's showed me that it was to share and it was to share in front of the congregation. So Larry and Krista, I believe the Lord declares to you that it's the same home of hope. And I, I felt like the Lord declared A sign above your house that it's always being a home of hope—not just hope for yourselves and for your family, but hope for others. You, you, and Krista carry, and your family carries a hope for others. But I hear God say to you that new house, new habits. New house, new habits. You, when you spoke before, and you said uh, it will faith be the same uh, in. 21 in 2021, and I felt like the Lord showed me that faith is like water. I can take water and make it into tea, coffee. I can make it into soup. I can make it into many things, and God's going to give you different flavors. He's going to infuse your faith with new things in this season, but it's going to be activated by faith, new house, new habits. And there are hopes that you've carried since before your first child was born, before Sean was born. Hopes not yet realized. And God holds you in remembrance of those. You've been familiar with them, but it's almost become a passing familiarity, and God wants you to go back and pick up those passing familiarities and bring them back to you as present familiarities. They are things to be familiar with because about God's be about to fulfill, be you like a bulldozer moves over rugged ground. God's about to begin to move and shift things in front of you with great force. Those old hopes need to come alive he does not forget and he's more faithful than just land and bricks and mortar he said that specifically tell Larry I'm far more faithful than land and bricks and mortar you're about to not only lay hold of that long lost hoped home that home of hope that you've carried in your hearts you're about to watch God show off in his exceedingness towards you it's not even a word the exceedingness. So there, you get a new word in his exceedingness toward you. So it's a fresh word with a new word for you. So, Father, we just release that over Larry and Krista. Father, you come and you fulfill everything, every word, every jot, every tittle, every last bit of it, Lord, that there would be nothing left on the plate when we leave and take off out of here by rapture or by rupture, whatever you choose to do. Lord God, we thank you we praise you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Well, we're meant to carry the message of the gospel to this generation. That's our mission. Mark 16, 15. Go into all the world. Carry this message, the good news to every living creature. You know that word gospel God revealed to me today. It's the first time I've ever really seen it that way. Gospel, It's a compound word. Gospel. We get the word gossip from there. You know that rumors, the rumors? Did you hear about so-and-so? Did you hear about brother, what's-his-face? You know the rumor, mill. The gospel is rumors about God. Rumors about God. El, the Lord God. Rumors about God. We're meant to carry rumors about about God. What do you know about God? What do you know about God? What do you know about God? That's what you're meant to carry. It's not about what you know about brother so-and-so and and sister so-and-so that you need to carry out into this world. It's about what you know about God, what's your experience. That's the message that you carry. I know he saved my life one night and changed me radically. I carry that message. I share that message. That's my goal. I'm continually learning more and more about his character and his nature. You know, there's a divine nature that has been given to us, and we lay hold of it by faith. This message today is about faith. The title of the message is, It's Still Done by Faith. This is an old-fashioned faith message. Just like we were redeeming the word prosperity. You know, the whole prosperity gospel. You know, prosperity is a God thing. Prosperity is God's business. And it's not about driving a Maserati, although some people get that, you know, because God is a giver of good gifts. He's a good, good father, and he knows how to give good gifts to his children. Amen? You know what? And what he gives to this one or that one is none of your business other than to praise God and go, well, hallelujah. Look at that. You see a Christian with a Maserati, you're probably looking at one of the greatest tithers on the planet. You're probably looking at somebody who's so faithful in every little thing who does stuff that nobody knows about because not even their left hand knows what their right hand is doing. So generous in heart. So like, like Brian preached last week, so big in heart, not small in heart. As, you, as a man believeth in his heart, so is he. Amen. And God loves a faithful giver. Amen. It's still about faith. You know, it's always being about faith. We're going to look at Hebrews 11 today. We're just really going to do a flyover. I've boiled it down to its essence. And i got to tell you, what's in there is dynamite. And if you will take it and infuse it into the water, the living water that gushes forth from you of faith, if you will infuse it into your faith, you'll begin to change your circumstances. Things that have seemed dead. God said to me during worship, some of you need to get up out of your grave. Satan's convinced you, you're dead and gone. You're done. You're toast. God says to you, get up out of that grave. Say that with me. Get up out of that grave. Get up out of that grave. Somebody shout, come on, get up out of that grave. Come on, it's time to get up out of that We're going to get Pentecostal today. You know what? Yeah, this church age, this dispensation of grace that we're in began in chapter 2 of the book of Acts. And you know what? This one ends at the beginning of chapter 4 of Revelation. We are in that period. You know, it's still going on. It's still done by faith. Amen. Say, say that with me. It's still done. Ah, this side believes but you guys are. Come on. Get up out of that grave. It's still done. It's still done. It's still done. By faith. By faith. Amen. It's still done by faith. You know what? When you face an an obstacle this week, and you will. When you face one later today, and you just might. When you're thinking, sitting there thinking about the one that you're facing right at this very moment, whatever it is, it's still done by faith. Amen? And some of you have dropped your hope. You lost it. It's been lost in the fog of war. Hebrews begins with, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not seen. Hallelujah. Oh, this is how it works. Look, if you can get hold of nothing else today, this is enough to cause you to go out and be a world changer. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, of things not seen. Oh, praise God. What a supernatural life we're invited to. We're invited to God's divine nature. That's what has been accomplished for us, provided to us, and we've been given the invitation to at the cross. Hallelujah. Jesus was raised back to life. On the third day, he rose again, and a lot of stuff got done. Hallelujah. His faith. For him, it was done by faith. Oh, hallelujah. It was done by faith. If it was done by faith by him, how much more we? Yeah. Hallelujah. But some of us, instead of doing it by faith, some of us have been in that rut. And you know what it's like out there in the world. There's so many religious nutbags out there. They've got lists longer than my arm, and that's pretty longer than Sam's arm. they, they got lists that just go on forever and ever and ever that you got to follow and you got to do. Oh, goodness, sometimes we see them. They come into the church, and they're all happy and nice, and they see us, that so we're all happy and nice, and it's not long. And you realize that they're very, very religious. They walked in here, and they're earning their righteousness with God. They're earning their salvation. No, we work out our salvation. Your salvation is free. You access it by faith, and then you work it out with fear and trembling. Amen? Fear of a righteous God. Hallelujah. Oh, we work that out. But those religious people, they think it's B-U-Y faith, to buy faith. Oh, they're going to build up enough credit in this life so that when they get to that pearly gate, they go, ha, look at my credits. Some of these people are going to arrive there. They're going to hear one of two things. I don't know you. Or they're going to hear, I don't care. It was by faith and not by sight. Salvation is by faith through grace alone that none of us can boast. None of us will rock up before Jesus. When we stand before him and we will all stand before him, none of us will rock up before him and say, look what I did for you. None of us are going to be able to point to all of our achievements and accomplishments. No, no way. That will not stand before him. You can't buy your faith. You can't buy it. Some people have been challenged so hard this year that they've been about ready to say bye-bye, Faith. They've been about ready to say bye-bye to it. I've heard of pastors walking away. Some pastor, Hillsong, in the United States, you know, I don't know what happened there. I can't even begin to pass judgment on what happened there. I just know the damage that it's done. It's caused so many people to just go bye-bye, Faith. Bye-bye, church. Bye-bye, fellow Christians. People are confused. They're choked out. The faith's been choked out. They've been hindered. They've been delayed. They've been canceled. Do you know what? I believe that God said to me during worship, he said that he's destroying right now, he is destroying the mechanisms of lies in your lives. God's working behind the scenes in ways I'll never know. Working behind the scenes in your hearts and in your lives, and he is destroying the mechanisms of the lies that Satan forms against you. They're like bullets in a gun. Lies are like bullets in a gun, a weapon designed to kill you and those you care about. Mm -hmm. Everything that you touch, God is destroying the mechanisms, the mechanisms of the lies. Those weapons that he's formed against you, they will not prosper. Hallelujah. How do we extinguish the fiery darts of the enemy? We hold up the shield of what? Faith. Faith. We hold up the shield of faith. You got a shield. You got a shield. You got a shield. I got a shield. You got a shield. Some of us need to go over in the corner pick up our shield. Some of us need to actually get our shield up so it's useful. Some of us need to pull our shield a little closer to a brother or a sister that they might be held up in prayer. You guys came around me with your shields last year. can't thank you guys enough. I felt it. <laughs> I felt it. So thankful. Hallelujah. People have been wrestling with disappointments, and, we're, and we're, we're redeeming the concept of a New Year's resolution. We're redeeming yeah, that this yeah. year, so we're redeeming it. Remember when Pastor Larry first said it to me? I was like, mm. but you know what? It's grown on me like moss on a tree. I'll tell you what. I'm just covered in it right now. God's redeeming a New Year's resolution. I believe there's a resolution we need to make as a body of Christ, and if we will make this resolution together, here at Casey City Church, if we'll invite other people to really live this way. A resolution is a commitment to live in a certain way. It's a commitment to do certain things and not do other things. There are things we know to do in the body of Christ that we don't do. There are things we know to teach and to model to others to do that we don't do. Well, we keep it to ourselves. Well, I wouldn't want to share that with them. I wouldn't want to say that to them. Or I wouldn't want to really kind of model that too much. People might think I'm not humble. They might think I'm proud. Maybe they think I'm errant. Perhaps they think I'm judging them. Again, God is destroying the mechanisms of the lies that are holding all of us back. He's destroying them. If I could invite you, I want to invite you to make a commitment to a total change this year. This total change is very specific. The spirit of offense is rife in the earth today. Global. And we've got our own little collection of it here at Casey City Church. I'm I'm not stating anything that's new. I'm not revealing some hidden secret. I'm sorry, if you're a human being, this should be obvious. I'm stating that every one of us has a nose on our face. But you know what? If we will fight the good fight of faith against offense. Oh, if look, if all of us will fight the good fight of faith against offense, then all of us will be able to live far more happier and productive lives, walking out the purpose of God, working out our salvation with fear and trembling with less offense, with less poison, with less resistance, with less time wasted with less emotional, mental, and spiritual energy drained, if we will all just do this. Do you think we can do this? Yeah. Oh, please, do you think we can do this? Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean it. So, so what happens if someone offends you? I'm not just going to ask you to commit to it. I'm going to tell you what we do. This is Bible. This is Bible. We're Christians We do Bible. We are Bible-believing Christians, not Christians who think the Bible is just some notion, airy-fairy. Jesus was at Woodstock. He was wearing Birkenstocks. Peace, love, mahalo. He talks like a surfer. No, we're Bible-believing Christians. Someone offends you or you offend someone. The first thing, the first order of business is exactly the same. Whether you offend someone or you are offended, the first order of business is exactly the same. Jesus modeled it on the cross. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. Father, forgive this person. They have no idea what I've just done, what they've just done. They have no idea. And you do that quick. You don't go, oh. Forgive you on the weekend, because right now I just really want to enjoy this unforgiveness. <laughs> now, I just really want to feel the sting right now. I'm loving the sting, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like spiritual sunburn. Yeah, no, you do something about it straight away. Hallelujah! You do something about it straight away. Forgiveness, first order business. If you're the one doing the offense, and you're aware of it when you do it, or you're aware, of, you become aware of it afterwards. You need to go to that person. First of all, you ask God to forgive you or to reveal to you what you need to do. Maybe it's not forgiveness you need. So often in a multicultural church, we step on multicultural landmines. I'm an American. I'm telling you, like when I first arrived in Australia, first decade, I was a landmine detonating machine. I walked around Australia just offending people everywhere. You thought Donald Trump was offensive. I tell you what, I I was like a chip off the old block. You ain't seen nothing. I had the power to offend 500 third, fourth, and fifth graders sitting in a gymnasium with all of the teachers and staff. I offended the whole lot of them. I had no idea what I did. I just thought, I just stepped in something. Forgiveness, first order of business. Second order of business is you go to that person. You don't go to your connect group leader, you don't go to your buddy, you don't go to that little gaggle of people that you catch up with for coffee, and you sure don't go to the person down the street who doesn't who thinks Christians are crazy and that people who need faith are weak-minded. You don't go to that person, the unsaved person. No. You don't. You go to the person whom the offense was committed against or you go to the person who committed the offense. Forgiveness, go to that person, direct. And the third thing is, and really the third thing's part of the second thing, you go to them in brotherly love. You know, Jesus even washed Judas' feet. Look, Peter asked, you know, how... How many times should I forgive my brother when he offends me? Seventy times seven. Jesus, that's a very biblical number. That math right there is biblical. It points to the final judgment day. You forgive until judgment day. You know we got to forgive one another until judgment day? Do you get that? I got to forgive you until judgment day. So we might as well get on with it. Not delay. Please. We got to do this. You know, it's time for us to have a ferocious and fearless faith. It's going to take ferocious and fearless faith just to commit and make a New Year's resolution as a church just for that one thing. It's going to take ferocious faith. Jesus, uh, CJ sent me through something yesterday, which uh, was just so good. The ferocious focus on faith isn't hard. It's simple, but it has to be ferocious. I mean you got to attack it. You got to attack it. You don't attack the enemy line with you know Chinese yo-yos and things like that. No, you go up in full battle dress and you hit that line with Brothers and sisters, left and right, and you move forward in lockstep, and you ain't going back, and you're not given one bit, and, and your feet are shod with the preparation of peace, those long spikes that the Romans used to have on their sandals, and each foot that they put in went into the ground. Each foot, each foot that they placed was a firm foundation. Each one a firm foundation, and they moved forward, and they were an immovable object when they were in lockstep with one another. Unity is crucial. A Roman soldier by himself on the field was a dead man. Dead man. Didn't matter how good his armor was. One unified with those in the ranks. Wow, well, he could be a ferocious fighter. A ferocious fighter. So what do we do in trying times? Let's talk about faith within trying times. These are very trying times globally around the world. Encouraging in many respects. If you know your Bible, this is the most encouraging time. Oh, the catching away of the church, the rapture, the Harpazo, it's never been as close as it, it is. Of course, we can say that every day. Every day, we're one day closer. What a, what a great day that's going to be, but it's so close. Oh, you can smell it. You can see the set. The stage is set. The characters are beginning to take up their places. The orchestra pit is warming up. The lights are down, but any second, they're going to go out. Oh, we're getting so close. If you know your Bible, if you know prophecy, hallelujah. You need to know Bible. You need to know your Bible. You need to know it. But what do you do in trying times? Charles Spurgeon, love Charles Spurgeon. What he downloaded from the Holy Spirit, what he was able to refine from Scripture is so awesome. And here's one for you. You might want to write this down. I'll repeat it a couple of times. What are we doing Difficult times and disaster. And man, there were disasters in his time. He wasn't talking to people that had been wrapped in cotton wool their whole lives and living cushy lives. Oh, my goodness. We got it easy. We got it easy. What do you do in difficult times? Well, you reflect on this, that God is too good to be unkind. And he's too wise to be mistaken. God is too good. To be unkind, and he's too wise to be mistaken. And when you cannot tra- trace his hand, you got to trust his heart. Amen. When you cannot trace his hand and see what it is that he's doing, you got to trust his heart. You know, that's the best place to be. Yes, faith locks on to trust. A trailer latches onto a trailer hitch. Faith latches onto the trailer hitch of faith. We access the divine nature that point of trust. Hallelujah. 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 You know, we need to be constantly reminded, constantly reminded, but you and me need to be constantly reminded about the age that we're living in, about this dispensation of God. I don't have time to go into all the dispensations of God, but scripture tells us that by faith, God framed the ages. It was, it's translated into most English translations as the world, but the, world, the word there is aeons. It's ages. It's ages. We are in an age of grace. From Acts chapter 2 to Revelation chapter 4, at the very start of it, we are in an age of grace. The grace of God. But you know what? That grace was present in the Old Testament as well. In all of the ages past, grace was always available, and it was always done by faith. We're going to see that in Hebrews 11. Always done by faith. Always. It's available to absolutely everyone. Is that someone's alarm? I think it's time for me to really pick up the pace. Oh, my goodness. You go, we'll edit that out online. I don't know. That's just funny. That's a, come on, Kev, pick up the pace. <laughs> Let's preach it. Amen. 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 I'm, I'm 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 gonna progress by faith. Amen. Amen. Peter, just before he died, he knew he was dying. He knew he knew he was gonna die. He knew that it was imminent, even the Lord had revealed it to him. In 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 12, he talks about, we won't go there, we won't pop it up on the screen. Go and look at it yourself. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 12. Peter actually talks about the need, his need, to remind these people. He had a habit of reminding everyone about the age, the dispensation, the present truth. He called it the present truth. You and I are walking in a present truth. This present truth is, in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, is referred to as a mystery. Yeah. Greek, we had no word in the English for the word mystery. As a matter of fact, mystery, our English usage of that word, even the definition of it comes straight from Scripture, straight from the Greek, the word mysterion. Something that is hidden and yet to be revealed. In the Old Testament, it was yet to be revealed, but in the New Testament, it was revealed. This was what Paul's mission was really all about hallelujah was opening up what the mystery actually was yeah. we'll see in various things jesus mentions this mystery in mark chapter 4 verse 11 you can look at it to you has been given the mystery of the kingdom of god but those who are outside get everything by parables jesus was bringing the kingdom with him and he was revealing the mystery to those who were closest to him paul talks in 1 corinthians chapter 2 Uh, Verse 7, but we speak God's wisdom in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God predestined before the ages to our glory. He was saying, Look, what was hidden in ages past has been to us revealed. Those people from the past, from ages past, could only look toward our time and believe and trust by faith. And that was counted to them for righteousness, but that's all they got. They were staring at something that they didn't quite know what it was. It was a mystery to them. But it was enough for them to believe in, enough for them to trust, to latch on to. It was enough. It was enough. But it's been revealed to us for our glory. Oh, hallelujah. What an age. We live in an age of the glory of God. Yeah. Oh, hallelujah. The glory of God is in the church today. If we all stick to that New uh, New Year's commitment, you know, that New Year's, what do you call it? The New Year's resolution. If we all stick to that, oh, this is going to be a much better year this year, regardless of what comes. <laughs> oh, if we we'll stick to that. We're in a glorious age. You can go and look at 1 Corinthians 15. Uh, verse 51, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 9. You can go and look at it. It's all through Paul's writings. He talks and talks and talks about it. And Peter is saying that I want to remind you of it yet again. These people were in such a habit of Peter just constantly. He was like a broken record. We need to be broken records for Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. We need to be forever reminding one another of what we need to do. What you know to do, do. Hallelujah. And if you see somebody who misses the mark, you go to them in a spirit of meekness and humility, and you help them. You restore such a one. And when I make a mistake, I should confess my sins to you that there might be healing between us. Hallelujah. Confess your sins to one another that you might be healed. And you know what? Love covers a multitude of sins. You don't always need to go to somebody. Sometimes you just need to love them. Hallelujah. Just love them. Hallelujah. Oh, love goes a long way. Hallelujah. Long way. Do this stuff at home first. Amen. Hey, do this stuff in your extended family. Go on now. Go on. Go do it. Hallelujah. You know what? In this Christian life, we want to have a successful life, don't we? I want to be a successful Christian and not fall down on CJ's violin. That would be one of the greatest violations. Of- <laughs> That's all good. I'll fit that in right there. For those listening and uh, not watching, I just almost fell down. There you go. Talk about being Pentecostal. <laughs> se- Second Peter chapter one verses three to nine. You can just go and look this up yourself. Look it up in your own time. Just write down the reference. Second Peter chapter one verses three to nine. He talks about us being partakers of the divine nature partakers of that divine nature. We've been given the divine nature, and now we can lay hold of it by faith. It's now a choice. Ball's in your court. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Our mission is to come up into the fullness of the image of Christ Jesus. Yeah. Oh, it's going to take a lifetime and probably a good portion of an eternity, but you know what? It's going to happen. Yeah. Oh, you've got a destiny there, yeah. and you can start now. And I don't know about you, but I got some coming up to do. I'm 6'5", but I tell you what, on the inside, I'm not sure I'm 6'5". I'm not too sure I'm 6'5". We all got growing up to do. You know what he says? That if we will latch on to this divine nature, if we will actually apply diligence in our faith, we need to apply a diligent faith. Diligent. You do it again and again and again. And again, and again, you repeat it, you repeat it. Repetition, repetition. How did you learn your multiplication tables? Repetition, repetition, repetition. How do you memorize scripture and poetry? Repetition, repetition, repetition. This Christian life is learned and lived by repetition, repetition, repetition. And then what you learn, impart to others. By repetition, repetition, repetition. If it sounds like I'm repeating myself, I am i mean, in a long line of good, godly repeaters. Hallelujah. Well, let's take a look at chapter 11 of Hebrews. I'm going to do a flyover. This is going to happen so quick you're going to be like, I don't feel like we went very deep. I want you to go deep in your time alone with God. you got homework, New Year's resolution, and you got to go deep yourself. But I'm going to show you what's in it. If you will take this and infuse it into the water of your faith, you will have a different flavor about everything that you do in 2021. A totally different flavor. Well, Hebrews 11 really kind of flows over. The concept Paul is playing out here flows over into the beginning of chapter 12 as well. So this teaching, you need to start in chapter 11, verse 1, and you go through until about verse 3 of chapter 12 to get the fullness of it because chapter 12 starts with a therefore. And what's that therefore? It's to tell you that, you know, this is in relation to everything that was there before. Amen. Hebrews chapter 11 verses 1 to 2. I'm going to read this one to you. Now faith is the confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients we're commended for. We're going to take a look at that long list of ancients. So many people packed in there, and you need to really go in there and dwell on who they were and how they lived and understand that they, too, had to do it by faith. They had to do it by faith. And none of them got to lay hold of the promise, the mystery that you and I are living in this age, this glorious age, and the one that we're staring at that's about to come that we're, too, looking at by faith. We're walking this out by fear and trembling by faith, and we're looking ahead to what's to come by faith, and we're laying hold of trusting God, trusting God's character all the way along. They had to do it, too, all of these ancients. You've got to go and really think about what they had to go through. It's always been done by faith. It's still done by faith. Now, faith is the confidence. In some translations, they call it the title deed. Pastor Larry should have title deed on his new house. Even if he didn't live there, that's his house. He should have title deed on it. And that hope, that assurance of hope, I always think of lay by at the shops back when we didn't have a lot of money and we weren't doing so well and we were on the verge of bankruptcy, (laughs) never went there, God's so good. But i tell you what, we we looked over the cliff at the abyss and then we kind of kept on going. God was faithful. We trusted him and he turned things around. But when we needed something for the kids, Jenny and I would sit and we'd pray about it and then I'd leave it to her. You go do whatever you got to do whenever you think you got to do it, and we'll just walk it out by faith. And, man, Jenny would suddenly, these things would show up at the house. I'm like, how did we afford this? And Jenny's like, Oh, I put that on lay-by eight months ago. Hope is like lay-by. <laughs> hope, is, hope is like lay-by. Yes. You know, it's still yours. Yeah. You, you, you know it's there. And you've got something invested in it, and you keep investing in it. And you keep investing it until the day that you possess it. And it becomes substance right in front of you. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, we got this cross on the end of the building down here. Gordon can show you. We got blueprints too. You know, we didn't build this building. We didn't design it. It was originally a surf shop. Imagine that, a surf shop in Nary Warren. Yeah, because we got so much beachfront property. I don't know. Can't can't for the life of me work out why that didn't pan out. But it was called Planet Surf. The building from that side actually looks like a surfboard, supposedly. But they built, without knowing it, a big cross on that end of the building. Massive. Long before this was a church, I used to drive from Cranbourne through there, and I would just see the cross. I would look at it and go, that looks like a cross. How many of you are in the same category? That looks like a cross down the other end of the building. Well, you know what? That started out on a blueprint. I can show you the blueprint, and then you can go out and stare at the bricks and mortar of it yourself long before it was ever built. It was on paper. That's hope. Hope is a blueprint, too. Hope is lay-by, and it's a blueprint. Hallelujah. Yet to become bricks and mortar, but soon to be. Soon to be. And we'll take a look at Hebrews 12 verses. We'll just look at uh, verse 1. Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. As you go through Hebrews 11, as you look at that roll call of the ancients, as you look at them and consider the trials and difficulties and challenges and accomplishments and achievements and foundations that they laid for us, if you go and consider them, it will inject something into your faith. You know what? It'll help you to run. It will help you to run. It will help you to run. We run to win. Hallelujah. We are on a race to the Bema Seat of Christ, the Bema Seat of Christ, where all of the things in our life are, are tested though as by fire. All of the things we did with the right motives yeah. for the right reasons that were of God will be the gold, silver, and precious stones. Everything else that we just missed the mark on wood, hay, stubble gets burned up. Don't worry about it. Well, worry about it. Try not to make too much wood, hay, and stubble. Try to just focus on those eternal things. Yeah. You stick with our New Year's resolution and We'll all be taking a huge step forward in that direction. So let me just give you the flyover, Hebrews 11. Here's a little taste of what you can infuse into the water, living water of your faith. Amen. By faith, the ancients, God, Abel, Enoch, Abraham, Isaac, Sarah, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, Moses' parents, the entire nation that came out during Exodus, Rahab, the prostitute, Gideon, Barak, Samson, Japheth, David, Samuel, all of the prophets, and women, widows, many of them, and a whole group of people called the persecuted. And in brackets, it says the world was not worthy of them. Oh, hallelujah. Those who passed through without so much as a gravestone, God misses nothing. He misses nothing. What is faith? What do we see about faith? What is revealed to us about faith? Close your eyes and listen to this. Take this. Please just take this today. Infuse it into you. It will change things. This is what we get out of Hebrews 11. Faith. Well, faith brings confidence. Confidence. Faith is commended by God. Faith is supernatural beyond your senses. Faith learns. Faith sacrifices. Faith listens. It responds and builds. It trusts, and it trusts not just in anything but in him who is faithful. Faith longs. It brings blessings. It gives blessings. It draws blessings. Faith worships. Faith speaks. Faith protects and preserves. It refuses corruption. It perseveres without compromise. Faith moves. It often demands courage. It has the power to redeem, repair, and restore. It conquers kingdoms. It is always just. Faith attains the purposes of God and then achieves the purposes of God. Faith attains the purposes of God and faith achieves the purposes of God. Think about it. Faith attains the purposes of God and it achieves the purposes of God. It turns weakness into strength. It is real power and it is able to endure the worst of circumstances. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's still done by faith. Oh, it's still done by faith. Oh, praise you, God. Praise you, God. Hallelujah. 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 You know, Brian said last week that smallness comes from within. And you know what? Even being small on the inside, being a petty person still requires your faith. You've still got to invest your faith in it. There's no such thing as not having faith. It's just your faith is pointed in the wrong direction, invested in the wrong things, or sitting idle doing nothing. But faith is always in motion, and faith is always taking you somewhere, always pointing you somewhere, always shaping you in some way. Satan wants to use your faith. He calls it fear. He turns it into fear. Same energy, same spiritual power. He needs it from you because he can't impose it on you. He's got to hijack your faith, and he perverts it into fear. And then he can steer you and direct you and delay you and withhold you and undermine what God is doing in your life. But if you will repent and turn to God, if you will just be committed to living ferociously in faith, just living, I love that, living ferociously in faith. Come on, get up. Get up angry at the devil and on fire for Jesus. Oh, just get up and go on and go for it. Just do it. If he wakes you up in the middle of the night, get up and praise him and see what happens. See what happens. If he stops you in the middle of the day, stop in faith. Praise him and see what happens. Hallelujah. Oh, it's still done by faith, folks.